It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Missouri Valley Mix. The Northern Iowa Panthers. Northern Iowa is the opponent for NDSU this weekend as they wrap up the regular season. And joining us to break down the matchup here on the mix is the voice of the Panthers. J.W. Cox joins us here on our Epic Company's hotline. J.W., how you feeling out there, my man? Great to have you on the show. I'm doing well, Sam. You guys are far flung today. The whole cast all over the country with different responsibilities. Man, you guys are you guys are getting it done. Good job. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, my friend. I mean, we're we're, we're spread a little thin here. I, I was saying with Ian at the beginning of the show, it's our third different lineup combination on the show this week. <laughs> but you know, you know how it goes here in this crossover season. But before we yep. dig into the football here, I've, let me ask you this: So, Northern Iowa, the Valley in basketball is an, an excellent basketball league. What, what's the outlook for you and I basketball this year? Very good. Uh, they got their first win. Yeah, against the D3 team yesterday against Loris College. Played a tough game against the defending NIT champs, North Texas, a week ago on the road. True road game. Lost in overtime. Had a shot to win it at the end of regulation. Uh, a lot of good things. A lot of talent returning. And the Panthers get some great opportunities. Uh, that's their last game here until they open up conference play later this month because they go down to play at South Florida on Sunday. And then they're in the battle for Atlantis. So they open that up against North Carolina uh, a week from today. And uh, they'll be down there, try to win some games and play some tough opponents there. I mean, they could play teams like Villanova. Uh, Texas Tech is down there in that field. Arkansas as well. Uh, so they'll get tested early, and then you jump into that battle, and you're absolutely right. It is a really good conference. Played some really good non-conference games so far. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this team can do. I, I got to tell you, man, I am jealous. Uh, Atlantis, that is going to be quite the trip for you. You Will you be able to make that trip, or is there any football well, conflict? So, I mean, well, we will we will determine whether or not there is a football <laughs> yeah. conflict coming up in about three days. But the plan had to be put in place, so we had to plan for the contingency of me being with football. So, actually, we're going to our Hall of Famer on the bench, and Gary Rima, who I took over for last year. Uh, he's in retirement down in Florida, so he's going to come out of retirement, do the South Florida game, do the Battle for Atlantis game, but he used to miss those uh, in the times the Panthers have been there before for football, so it's exciting for him uh, to get to hop back on the call so folks will be able to hear that and uh, hear the old voice of the Panthers back on the call for hopefully some big ones for Panther basketball. Wow, hopefully I've got some big ones for Panther football. Yeah, I, I love it, JW. That's that's a great touch right there. That'll be exciting to have him back in the chair and as you mentioned, uh, this is basically the Saturday is going to determine the fate here of uh, you and I's season. Uh, let's go back to last week. I, I really wanted to pick your brain about this game against Missouri State. Uh, 
you, you get a strip sack to open the game, and, and you think things are going well, but then next thing you know, you look up, you trail 21-3 to going into halftime. What, what went wrong for you and I down in Springfield this past weekend? Yeah, there's a lot going on, I feel like, in that game, Sam. And the biggest thing, when you, when you obviously you're going to look at yourself, and the Panthers just never got into an offensive rhythm. You mentioned it. The defense played well early. Uh, strip sack, a couple other pressures in there on a good offense that can throw the football, as everybody knows, in Missouri State. Uh, and they just never were able to, to replicate that offense. You look at two things. One, there were 22 penalties called in that game. And right, wrong, or whoever they're called against, that means that game's going in fits starts right everybody's watched a game where there's lots of flags and it's really hard for anybody to get a rhythm and to their credit Missouri State's the team that found it first and how did they find it they did it on converting on a fourth down Panthers went for it on fourth down at about the 45 yard line did not get it other side Missouri State comes back they go for it on a fourth down they do get it then they fake the punt got it again the Panthers weren't fooled but missed the tackle and that allowed two possessions that turned into touchdowns for Missouri State and, and there was your big difference at halftime right uh, that that two touchdown game, so two of them coming on fourth down conversion drives, drives that were kept alive by a fourth down conversion. So you boil it down, and the Panthers were left searching for a spark in that game on offense. Never came. Missouri State gives credit; they found a spark with those fourth down conversions. And then you're playing from behind. You get late in the game, touchdown call back on a penalty that you know honestly you can't really find on the video of of a game of a six that was in there in Sam Schnee's hands that would have made it a one score game deep in the third quarter. So there's a lot of spilt milk there, but. Uh, the Panthers just never could find that consistent rhythm, something they've been able to do in the three prior games, something they've been able to do in their six wins. And it was just disappointing. Every, nobody more disappointed than the folks in that locker room and coaching staff. And, and they came back, they looked at it, tried to suss out what exactly went wrong to keep them from finding that rhythm. And hopefully they'll be able to go out and put some answers on display at home in this one against North Dakota State. No doubt, JW. And, and I thought it was interesting, too, because, I mean, you guys were playing some good ball there going into that game. Um, and then just kind of a bad time to have a clunker. Now, this weekend yep. is, is basically winning in. Like, it, do you sense that urgency from the locker room? What, what's the mood here as, you, as the Panthers try and kind of flush it uh, and, and get ready for what essentially is going to be, you know, an elimination game hosted in the Uni Dome? Yeah, I think the players definitely know that. There's a lot of veteran guys on this team who are either here for their fifth or sixth year, and they know how it goes in this conference. They know where the big wins are to get and how – how important those can be at this time of year, certainly any time of year. But if you can get a big win late in the season, that's just going to bolster where you are. And and I know Coach Farley knows it. I, I tried because uh, the next time I'll talk to him for our Coach's Show podcast will be after this game on Saturday. And I said, all right, so let's put ourselves in the shoes no matter what happens. What's the case for the Panthers being a playoff team? And he just looked at me and said, the case is you go win the game. You win and you're in. That's the only case you need to make. And so from an urgency standpoint, it's certainly there from the coaches to the players. And I, I don't expect them to come out flat. A lot can happen in a game, right? A lot happens to determine what what goes on after four quarters. Uh, but but uh, this Panther team will come out ready to play, ready to go from the kickoff, and then we'll see what happens. We're talking with J.W. Cox. He's the voice of Northern Iowa, previewing this matchup for the Bison against Northern Iowa on Saturday inside the UD Dobe. Uh, we talk so much about this Panther offense, J.W., and you know Theo Day, when he's on, he's on. Uh, Schnee is obviously a terrific receiver coming off of another nice performance against Missouri State. Uh, give us the rundown of how dynamic uh, this UNI attack can be and what Bison fans should be accounting for uh, when it comes to the Panthers when they've got the ball and the Bison are on defense. 
Well, I think to me the biggest thing, Sam, that's happened over the course of the year, we knew going in how good Theo Day could be. We knew going in this wide receiver core and led by Sam Schnee, Sergio Morency, Logan Wolf, another tremendous player. Uh, we knew those were the commodities. What we didn't know is how the offensive line was going to gel up front with four new full-time starters, three guys that had never played significant time for the Panthers, including your center. And you go back to those early games against Iowa State, against Weber State, giving up sacks, and that was certainly a big factor in those games going the way that they did. But those five guys up front, starting with Chase Aarons in the middle, uh, anchored by Jared Penning on the, on the other side, and, and Tristan Roper at the tackle spots, they have gelled into a tremendous unit, and they have protected Theo more often than not because when you have a dynamic passing game, Sometimes those routes are going to take a little longer, and it's not just basic protection you have to do. You have to protect plus, and the Panthers have found a way to do that with that new offensive line, and that's been one of the most impressive parts about this team uh, when they're on offense is the way that offensive line has matured into a group that can stack up against any defensive line uh, in the conference, certainly, and you would hope against any line in the country. And the caveat to that is the run game. Ty Edwards was the starter in game number one. He got injured. He's now coming back to health. Harrison Bay Bowie was injured in the first quarter of that game against South Dakota State, left us with no scholarship running back for the rest of that game against the Jackrabbits, which nobody's going to have a lot of success if that's the case against that team in particular. But moving Amari Pesekixen from the linebacker spot midseason to a running back role, and now all he's done is get into the top 15 in total rush yards in the Valley just in the four games that he's been a primary ball carrier. So that run game and that offensive line, that's what you got to look for. If the Panthers can get that to click, that passing game becomes even more dynamic, and it allows them room to go and have success in that passing game. J.W. Cox here with us. He is the voice of the Northern Iowa Panthers. Uh, on the other side, J.W., you know, Jeremiah Johnson as defensive coordinator, once again, I, I thought that was one of the big storylines coming into the season. Uh, give me a little thought on that and, and, and what you guys have seen on that side of the ball because, you know, prior to Saturday, I, you know, they put up the goose egg against UND. Uh, thought they were playing pretty well on that side of things. How about that for a second? Yeah, and they're, they're, that's been the other side. I talk about the offensive line growth being impressive. The other side has been the linebacking core, and that was another big question mark with guys that hadn't played a lot of snaps, if any snaps. Uh, Josiah Galvan, Tucker Langenberg, Ben Belkin were the guys coming into this game or into this season as the three at that linebacking spot in a 4-3 look for the Panthers. And the way all three of those guys have matured and started to excel in Coach Farley and Coach Johnson's defense has been a thing to watch. But you go all the way back to the beginning with Coach Johnson coming back, and you're right. That was a huge storyline, not just for X's and O's, not just for what he means schematically or on a game day and the preparation that he puts in, but there's a lot of guys that he recruited that are still on this team. He was only gone for a year and comes back. The things that the guys on this team say, the high praise that they have for Coach Johnson, how he believes in them, how he prepares them, how he helps them grow as men and human beings, uh, it's just off the charts. I've never heard players talk so highly about a coach in the, the whole decade plus that I've been doing this. And so that tells you why they can have success on that side of the ball. It's not going to be perfect all the time, but Coach Johnson is going to get people in the right spot to win. They believe in him as a coach. He believes in, in them as players and as people. And that's just fun to see, right? At the end of the day, the wins and losses are going to fade, but, but these coaches are having a profound impact on these young men down the rest of their lives and, and none more than Coach Johnson. JW, we've got five teams at six and four in the <laughs> Valley going into this final weekend, with you and I being one of them, and then NDSU seven and three, South Dakota eight and two, SDSU ten and zero. Oh. Uh, what what do you make of this final weekend at large for the Missouri Valley Football Conference? 
how many of these bubble teams do you think can find their way in? We obviously know what the Panthers have to do if they want to find a way in. Um, but the Youngstowns, the Southern Illinois, e even Illinois State, what, it, what do you look and forecast at this weekend for some of the rest of the bubble in the Valley? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, and I think it's just a prove-it day, right? Like, so for those teams you mentioned, they can't slip. The Panthers obviously had their slip against Missouri State, or we'd be talking about, you know, two teams in North Dakota State and the Panthers who are, who are all but assured of getting in no matter what the result was on Saturday, maybe playing for a bye instead of playing just to get in for the Panthers' standpoint. Uh, but I look at it, and, and a lot can happen. If all of these teams win, if the Panthers win, North Dakota State still feels like they're securely in. Obviously, you never know what the committee is going to do. Uh, but from a Panther standpoint, Sam, I look at it and I say, you know, obviously, even if the Panthers do lose, South Dakota State, South Dakota, they're going to be in. North Dakota State going to be in. But if you're looking to put more than that in from the Valley, you have to take a hard look even at the Panthers with six losses. I mean, I know that Youngstown would have seven wins. Southern Illinois would have seven wins. North Dakota could potentially have seven wins. But two of those three teams, the Panthers beat head-to-head. -head. And you right. look at who was that seventh win against. You've got Youngstown, uh, who's playing Robert Morris and Valpo to start the season. Well, you trade Weber State out for Valpo or Robert Morris, Panthers have seven wins too. So I I'm not saying that, the, that you have to make a case or that I would be that the Panthers are going to get in if they're 6-5 and because I don't know that they would. But, I mean, you talk about the bubble and you talk about making cases. And to me, the, uh, the, there are there are certainly cases to be made for a number of Valley teams, and it comes down to the committee and what the attitude or what the appetite, I should say, is for putting that many Valley teams in. And, and as I have seen it over the last two years now, I don't know if the appetite's going to be very high. So that's why I say it's got to be a prove-it week. These, these Valley teams, starting with the UNI Panthers, can leave no doubt in, in what the results are this weekend if they want to secure themselves a playoff first. You know, JW, I think you, you should be the official delegate and representative for UNI to the <laughs> committee because that was a well-laid-out argument. And I think it's a fair point. Like, it, it really yep. is a fair point. You look at it, the head-to-head -head that UNI has in the Valley, like, no matter what, the, the Panthers would be 5-3 and three, even if they lost the buys, but they would still have the wins against Youngstown, against Illinois State, and a shutout win against North Dakota. And as you just mentioned, yeah, all those teams are fighting for their lives right now. Um, it, 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 it could end up being a, an interesting scenario there, especially if it's a close uh, and tight game yeah. on Saturday. Uh, the last one before I let you go, what's the, the vibe around town? It's going to be senior day, obviously high stakes in the game. What kind of atmosphere and attendance could we expect uh, once kickoff comes around at 4 o'clock? I think maybe the, that, that loss, that might have been the, the, the toughest part of that loss on Saturday, Sam, to be honest with you. Is, I figured, you know, yeah. This, this, is a, this is a Panther program that has so much staunch support, and, and I'm not saying anything against that, and there will be a good crowd in the Dome, but it would have gone to an even different level if the Panthers were going in looking for five straight wins, going in maybe playing for a seed, and, and that's just fandom, right? That's just how seasons go. Uh, but I still think and believe in what the Dome can do and what the fans in the Cedar Valley can do uh, coming out and supporting the Panthers. So I expect there to be good crowds. One shout-out you have to give this year for the Panthers is the student section for you and I. Uh, just night and day from last year, they have come out and they have shown out, and there's been some students on campus uh, specifically who have, who have made it their mission to get their fellow students out there, and that has been a huge difference in the Panther home game. So that's been super fun to see, and hopefully no matter what happens now and into the future this season, that's something that can be built on here and build that back up. A lot of places trying to build that back up after the way the last 
three or four years have gone with fans or no fans and things like that. Uh, so that's been fun to see, that student section rising again. And, yeah, there's going to be plenty of Panther fans. It's been so fun over the last year and a half to meet those Panther fans that are right here in Cedar Falls and beyond. They're out there. They're proud of their university, and they're going to be there on Saturday to show out and support and, uh, and cheer these Panthers on to a win. You know, it's going to be high stakes, JW, and I think no matter what, it should be an awesome atmosphere and a fun football game. I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we will see you on Saturday afternoon. All right. Appreciate it, Sam. Thanks, JW. JW Cox.